Okay, I've got my coffee. I've read five pages of a book this morning, feeling on top of it. Here we go. Welcome to Totally Normal, the show where you are not alone in your love life struggles. No, no, no. Where you can get a little inspiration for your week, where you can get some company while you figure out what to cook for yourself for the week for the millionth freaking time. I am Lindsay Chrysler. I am your host. I just changed my TikTok handle to Lynn's is totally normal. We are rebranding. Totally normal. Oh, we have a listener question to answer today. I'm going to talk a little bit about a thing that came up this week in my life. What else is happening? I just started reading a book about creativity. Creativity is kind of the thing that haunts our house. You know, I did The Artist's Way, Julia Cameron, a long time ago. It really helped me unclog this fountain of ideas and creativity and wanting to put my out in the art out in the world and blah 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 and it Herbie's here everybody he is actually currently destroying an old dog bed that is in the basement where I record and he's been obsessed with destroying this since he was a puppy and I put it downstairs because it was annoying and all the fluff was getting everywhere and he has now discovered it during recording which is so fun for me hey Herbie did you hear that like like as if I'm a dog trainer I have a click he actually did come. So I'm really good at raising dogs. Anyway, we did um, Artist Way is a process. If you are feeling blocked and blah, I've made YouTube videos about it. I've talked about it on TikTok. I'm obsessed with the Artist Way. It really helped me and it helped a lot of people that I know. My sister actually did a huge move and fell in love after doing the Artist Way. So there's a testimonial for you. I think she wouldn't mind me saying that. Anyway, so I, I was like, I can't do the artist way again. You know how you can't do things again? Or is that just me? I couldn't do, I can't do the artist way again. I was feeling kind of stuck the other, like a few weeks ago. And then I was like, you know what? Let me just like do the thing that I want to do, which is here we are in the podcast. Anyway, whoa, behind the curtain, behind the curtain of the creative process. How fun for everybody to listen to this. But I just got Julia Cameron's second book called It's Never Too Late to Start Again, thinking it's a good, like, that would be a perfect book for me to kind of restart my creativity journey. I open it up. It's definitely for people that are retiring. It's for seniors. I didn't see that anywhere in the tag line, but I'm going to do an exercise from it anyway. The exercise I'm going to do is to write down a list of 25 things you love, just to see what happens. Let's talk about what's going on in the love department. Okay, so I may have to do this show twice a week because I my relationship is never-ending uh, options for discussion, and we'll see how my um, husband feels about that at some point. This has come up before, so this was a repeat piece of feedback. I'll just say for you all right now, feedback every single time feels like, uh-oh, I'm like I instantly regress to a little kid who's getting in trouble at school. Uh oh, what did I do? So I I feel the feedback coming. My husband is very good at giving feedback. I will give. I I want to just say that he's very non shamey, non blamey. He's very particular with his words. He is very kind with his communication, and that is one reason I married him. So the feedback's coming in. Okay, the feedback is that when I have something that I need. I change my tone of voice and it gives him a really bad feeling. Okay, example is, love, do you think you could take the trash out before the pers- the trash people come on Monday? Trash is such a stupid example. Let me think if I can. Trash, we've actually healed. Trash, we've healed. 
he's on it. What was the actual example? I don't know if this is what it was, but I think this is what it was. Love, do you think we could look at the open some wedding presents tonight and look at the wedding photo book tonight? He's like, sure. And then he came back around like 10 minutes later. And he's like, hey, just so you know, you're still using that tone when you ask me for something. And it feels like I just get so braced. There's just such a bad feeling on the other end. And we so this is this is repeat feedback. This has happened. And so we actually dove deeper into it. Like, what is going on? And I'm like, OK, what is going on? I'm scared. Is it scared? I'm dreading the fact that he's either going to say no, which he never says no. I, so that's like historical. There's there's something there. OK, there's something there to unpack with Carol, my therapist, one of my two therapists. I am assuming he is going to not want to do it. So I dread his dread. And so then I ask in this kind of like slightly young, really young, super young voice, maybe to kind of, hey, I'm cute. I'm innocent. I know I have this horrible thing I'm going to ask you to do. It's not that horrible, but, you know, I have this thing I'm going to put on your plate, but like still love me, please. You know, it's like something like that. It's like a whole thing that's going on that then I transfer in my voice and in my tone and then he feels guilt he feels resentful he feels angry he feels trapped he feels all these like things that he doesn't want to feel and he was like can you ask me just in your normal voice because I think I'm probably a yes to most things you ask me and then I would feel good or if I'm if I'm not or if I feel burdened by what you're asking, let me just do the bur- feel feeling burdened. You don't need to take on my burden ahead of time and then like contort yourself into this thing. Blah blah blah. So then I try. I'm like, let me try. Hey, can you? It's like everything that comes out of my mouth is like, love. Can you please like, hey, love? It's like, oh my god, I'm not allowed to say love. Like, I'm not allowed to say love. Not allowed to say it. I am working on that. That is on my list of growth things for the week, for the lifetime. Oh, yeah. Fast forward a couple days. Guess who did it to me? He came to tell me about something that he wanted to do, and he changed his voice. And I immediately, as I felt him coming into the room to ask me something, his his face changes, his voice changes, and he tells me what he's going to do, bracing for the fact that I'm not going to like it. I'm going to have a difference. I don't want him to do that. Or So he does this like innocent. Also, his eyes get kind of like innocent and young, and like he's trying so hard to stand up to me and tell me what he's going to do. It's young. It's so young. I'm realizing this on this podcast. It's young. And I realized in that moment, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And also like, hey, you're doing a thing that also is making me feel bad. Like I start to worry like, oh God, what's he going to say? Oh God, what's he going to say? He wants a divorce. (laughs) You know, like like I'm bracing (laughs) I'm bracing for his bad news and I'm bracing and then I'm like, I must be strong in the face of his desire because he's coming to me with a desire and a thing he needs. And then and I'm like, I'm and it's like I suit up. And then the thing he says is like, hey, I'm going out to dinner on Wednesday night. I'm like, fucking great. Please get out of the house. We live together all the time. Like, yes, go be you be free. You know, so anyway, I mean, in his defense and in my defense, I have been the bringer of bad news and he has felt burdened and he has frozen into like, you know, horrible thing. Like it's caused conflict in our past. And then in my defense, he has brought things to me that I have not liked and that have been hard for me and has caused conflict. And we both are so 
codependent. We're working on our codependency. I'm bringing that term back in because I saw a TikTok. That's where I get all my information. Did you all see this TikTok? Are you on TikTok? If you're not on TikTok, I don't get it. It's the comedy relief of social media. I went on Instagram the other day. I felt so horrible because somebody was telling, like somebody's husband was like talking about how much they love their wife. And my husband is not on social media, like actually is against it, doesn't believe in it. If we have children, when we have children, if we have children, when we have children, if we have children, it's a whole thing. You got to decide how you're going to talk about your future. Do you want to be confident? Do you want to be clear? Do you want to put that into the universe? Or do you want to be actually in reality saying if, because you never know what's going to happen. That's a cross you're all going to have to bear. I'm bearing it every day. So if we have children, when we have children, they're not going to be on social media. We're going to be one of those families and I'm, I'm dreading it already. He's not into it. He likes that privacy. So why did I talk about that? Oh, cause he's never going to be on Instagram being like, I love my wife. She's the most beautiful, wonderful. Cause he's not actually on. If he was on, you better believe I would be waiting for those posts, but he's not actually on. So I saw somebody else's husband. I was like, oh, oh man, Instagram. Like I wish my person is just like, oh, and then I go on TikTok and it's like, laugh, laugh, insight, new recipe, new cocktail recipe, laugh, laugh, weird, laugh, weird. Sending this to my sister, sending this to my sister. Oh my God. A little funny thing about toddlers. Let me send this to all the moms with toddlers. Like let me send TikToks amazingness into the world. I hope TikTok's not going to like kill us. You know, I hope it's not going to turn dark. What in the hejesus was I talking about? Oh man, social media commentary can really take you down a rabbit hole you don't want to go down. It's like nobody needs to hear about TikTok's fun. Instagram sucks. Like nobody needs to hear about it. Now I'm off my track. Oh yes. I was on TikTok. I saw a random TikTok of an er excerpt of an Ashley Graham podcast where she's interviewing Whitney Cummings. She was talking about codependency in a way that I hadn't heard in a long time. Like 10 years ago, I did a whole codependency ride. Like I was in the 12 step program. I was reading all the books. I was like, I was working it to my core because I had just gotten out of a terrible engagement to, to a, in a relationship that was so horrible for me, just really showed like all of my deepest codependent patterning. And it was really rough. So I got out of that relationship and I dove into 12-step stuff and I dove into Codependence Anonymous and I'm not in that program anymore. And I haven't used the word codependent, but when I watched Whitney Cummings talk about codependency, I'm like, whoa, still working on that. I will try to find that, that TikTok and put it on my subscriber page. If you're not already on my subscriber page, there is a link in the show notes for how you can go over and get on the subscriber page and then you'll show idea, show notes and lots of things. Anyway, we're codependent. We're working on it. He changes his tone when he wants something and he wants it to go well. I change my tone when I want something and I want it to go well. And we're both working on taking a deep breath, being normal, being ourselves and just ask, making the request, giving the feedback and letting the other person have the experience, have the feelings that they're going to have and not knowing what that's going to be, not predicting and then manipulating the situation, just doing what you need to do and letting the person respond. It sounds so easy as I'm saying it right now, but when you've got fear or when you've got insecurity or when you've got historical information, it's tricky. Let's get into the listener question of the week. 
So if you have a question yourself, if you've got a love life thing that's annoying you, that you feel grumpy about, that you feel stuck on, that you just need some other ears on, some other eyes on, you can email the totally normal show at gmail.com and I will keep your question totally anonymous. Even if I know you, I will answer it. So you can email the totally normal show at gmail.com. Do it right now if you, because I would love to answer your questions and I need more and more um, questions to answer so that I can make more and more podcasts. Okay, let's do a question from our listener. Here's today's one. It's called Sorry Not Sorry. Dear Totally Normal, I recently found myself in a situation where I did not want to apologize to my partner, but I could feel that that is what was expected of me. After a few minutes, I caved, but to no surprise, the apology sounded fake and resentful. What other options do I have if saying I'm sorry doesn't feel true? Side note, I have also tried saying I'm sorry you feel that way, and wow, does that not go over well. It feels a little bitchy, to be honest, kind of a slap in the face. Help. Oh my God. Yeah. Whoever started that phrase, I'm sorry you feel that way. I don't know where I learned that as well, but it is the worst possible thing you can say. Like, absolutely. We do not say that. And, and this listener already learned the hard way and I've learned the hard way. It feels, I mean, it works if it's like somebody's sick and it's like, I'm so sorry you're sick. That's different. That's like, I'm sorry you're sick, confirming the reality, but I'm sorry. I'm so sorry you feel hurt by me. No, 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 no. I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm so sorry you feel that way. No, no, no. Because that phrase brings in like, I don't think you should feel that way. I'm sorry you are choosing to feel that way. It's horrible. It's horrible. I totally agree with the listener. I totally agree. Do not ever say that. Do not ever say that to anybody. Take it out of our vocabulary. I don't know where it came from. Is it from nonviolent communication? Do I do I dare say that? Because it's probably not, and I have no idea. Email me if you know where that phrase came from. I'm definitely not going to look it up. But So what do you do when you feel that there's an apology expected of you? Okay, and you don't have it. So I've been there. It's totally normal to try it to see if it makes the situation go away, right? In conflict, in moments of stress with relationship, we sort, a lot of us want it to be over as soon as it can be. So there's a lot of, there's like a lot of internal pressure plus plus external pressure for somebody to just be the guilty one and to apologize and to take on that bad feeling, to take on the shame, to take on the blame. That's the way we have been taught to do relationship. And so there's a there's just a pull in every conflict to just make the other person pay or for you to pay. And some of us are more susceptible to making the other person pay. Like in my relationship, I definitely am like the one that's pointing out the issue and wanting the apology. But um, the other role in relationship is the one that's like apologizing. There's another pull to apologize when you don't mean it and to just like get out of that situation to take on the guilt. The problem is if you do that for long enough, you can't do it anymore because it makes you a resentful, cranky bitch. And so um, passive aggressive, it makes you like if you're constantly taking on the guilt and you're the one apologizing and you're like, quote unquote, the bad one, then eventually that does not work. There's a definite limit to how much you can do that. And so that's why long term relationship is so challenging because you do something enough times and kind of get away with it. But then in your second year or in your ninth month, like I always say, like after six months is when the stuff really starts to come up because or when you move in together and you're spending a lot more time together or when you get married and you're committed for life. 
then a bunch of new stuff comes up because your old patterns of like avoiding conflict or being in denial or like little stuff that you can do initially, you cannot do you start to get depressed or you start to like implode or explode. So you have reached the point where you can no longer, like you even tried it. You said sorry and it felt fake and resentful. Okay, good on you for some self-awareness around what feels fake because that actually is going to allow you to do something different and that, that, that actually helps you apologize more sincerely in the future. And in a sincere apology can be amazing. But if it's not available, it's because you're not sorry. Maybe you're not sorry because, well, that person did this and you're still upset about that. It's okay to not be sorry yet. Maybe you know that in the future you're probably going to feel sorry, but there's still something stuck in your craw like that hasn't gotten expressed. So what I would say is, hey, I know things still feel off and still feel shitty. I'm sure there's things I could have done differently that I need to apologize for. I am not ready to do that yet. I'm still working through what's going on and how I feel about it and what's happening, but I love you and I'm here for you and we'll get, we're going to figure it out, right? Because that gives you space to have your feelings. Now, what I normally do in that situation is not probably, I mean, I think what I just said is actually genius, um, but what I usually do is like, well, I did that because you said not to come talk to you darn it. Sometimes I can't say I'm sorry until you know exactly why you made my life shitty, you know, or whatever. That's a conflict, right? And that's like an actual fight where everybody's just expressing how shitty everything feels and and like the shitty things that happened. And then it's like deep breath, deep breath, deep breath. I love you. I'm here. I just felt really, really stressed. I felt really, really sad when that happened. I felt really... And I'm really sorry that I spoke to you in that way or I'm really sorry I didn't ask you first or whatever. You could have a full conflict in that moment instead of doing the fake apology. You could have a full conflict and like go through the conflict cycle of like expression, expression. Or if you don't trust yourselves in conflict, you know that you don't have time for another fight right now. You don't trust that you're going to say kind things. Maybe your adrenaline is spiking. Maybe you're just like, you hate that person. Okay, not a good time. Then I would say, hey, I love you. I'm here for you. I know that we have something to repair here. I'm not ready. I'm going to digest it. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to feel my feelings. But I just want you to know, I get that you're really frustrated with me and I love you and I'm here for you and we're going to figure this out. Then you're kind of saying, I'm going to, I still need some time, but an apology is coming, right? An apology is coming. And what's probably going to happen in this case is you're going to go, you're going to go feel into it. You're going to take some deep breaths. You're going to get a good night of sleep. You're going to talk to your friend and your friend's going to be like, oh my God, what a fucking asshole. And then you're going to feel better or whatever. You know, you're going to do the things that make you feel better. You're going to go for a walk. You're going to like, these are all my things. You're going to drink some water. You're going to realize that you have PMS. You're going to, and then you're, you're actually either going to say, okay, so this is what was going on for me. I actually need some like eyes and ears on my feelings in this situation. Or you're going to be like, whoops. I need to apologize because I could have done that differently. Sometimes an apology is I did something wrong. I actually did something that feels wrong to me and I need to apologize for it. Sometimes it's I could have done things differently and I see that now and I'm sorry that I didn't, you know, come talk to you first. And it's less about like I did something wrong and it's more like I could have done something differently that probably would have gone better for me and for you. (sighs) Apologizing tone. These are the themes of today's work, everybody. How to communicate. 
Sorry, not sorry. Thank you for writing in. I am with you. I got you. I I hear you. All right, you all. That is your totally normal show. I'm so happy you're listening right now. If you are liking this, please subscribe. Subscribing is gold in the creative field. Subscribing means everything to me. Uh, Who do I want to dedicate this pod to today? So I'm going to dedicate this pod to my wonderful friend, Britt. My friend Britt has been creatively supportive of me for so long. We have the best chats about relationship. She has helped me feel totally normal about my conflicts in love life land, my longings for things. She's amazing. And I, I want to dedicate um, the fruits of this podcast, anything good that comes from this podcast to her and her life and her life's unfolding. She's amazing. My friend Britt. All right, y'all. Love you so much. Have a great day. You are doing a good job already. I know it. And there's always time to turn it around if you're not. Okay. Bye.